0: I'm going city a pile of rocks you have destroyed her walls the city our enemies built with strong walls is gone it will never be built again people from powerful nations will honor you Cruel people from strong cities will fear you you help the poor people you help the helpless when they are in danger. You are like the shelter from storms. You are like shade that protects them from the heat. The, the cruel people attack like a rainstorm beating against the wall. The cruel people burn like the heat in the desert. But you guys stop their violent attack. As a cloud cools a hot day, the Lord, (laughs) you silence the songs of those who have no mercy. The Lord of heaven's armies will give a feast. It will be on this mountain for all people. It will be a feast with the best food and wine. The meat and wine will be the finest on this mountain. God will destroy the veil that covers all nations. This veil, called death, covers all peoples. But God will destroy death forever. The God will wipe away every tear from every face. And God will take away the shame of of, of his people. From the earth, the God, Lord has spoken. At that time, people will say, Our God is doing this. We have trusted in him. And he has come to save us. We have been trusting our Lord, so we will rejoice and be happy when He sings
1: us. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 23 The Lord,
2: the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He gives me rest in
1: Green
2: pastures. He leads me to calm waters. He gives me new strength for the good of his name. He leads me on paths that are right. Even if I walk prepare a meal for me in front of my enemies. You pour oil of blessing on my head. You give me more than I can hold. Surely your goodness and love will be with me all my life, and I will live in the
1: house of the Lord forever. Jesus used used stories Tell other things no other things to to people he, he said the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding feast for his son the the king invited some people to the feast when the feast was ready the king sent his servants to tell the people to come but they refused to come to to the feast Then. Then the king sent other servants. He, he said to them, Tell those who have been invited that my feast is ready. I have killed my best bowls and my and calves for the dinner. Everything is ready to come. The wedding feast but the wedding feast but the other people refused. To the servants. They they went to do other things. One, one went to work in his field, and another went to his business. Some of the other people grabbed the servants, beat them, and killed them.
2: <laughs> the king was very angry. He sent his army to kill the people who had killed his servants, and the army burned their city. After that, the king said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready. I invited those people, but they were not worthy to come. So go to the street corners and invite everyone you see. Tell them to come to my feast. So the servants went to the streets. They gathered all the people they could find. Both good and bad. The wedding hall was filled with guests. Then the king came in to see all the guests. He saw a man who was not dressed in the right clothes for a wedding. The king said, Friend, how are you not how were you allowed to come in here? You were not wearing the right clothes for a wedding. But the man said nothing. So the king told some servants, Tie this man's hands and feet, throw him out into the darkness in that place people will cry and grind their teeth in pain yes many people are invited but only few are chosen the gospel of the Lord praise, praise to you o Christ
3: I invite you to be seated and I invite those who are young and young at heart to come forward for our children's message is it in front of me here with all the faith Those were some tough words, huh? Lots from Jesus and kind of hard. What's what this behind me? You that's guys know? Look at the that's, water. that's the baptism water. Yeah. Do you know why it's out up here? Are you on a phone or what? Is Libby getting baptized today? Yeah. Yeah. No, she's running away. That's okay. So what? What is baptism, Riley?
1: To wash away all
3: sins that you make. Yeah, it washes away all sins. What else does baptism do?
2: You're right. It welcomes you into the world of God. Yeah, welcome welcomes you into the world of
3: God, the family of God. I really, yeah. Sam, <laughs> you want to come over here to the microphone? yeah. Uh,
0: loveness.
3: Yeah, it brings you love. It gives us Yeah, and it helps to give thanks. So, how do we, oh, Emily. Um, it um, uh, makes it so, um, when
0: you, um, if you get old enough, you die, you will rise up into heaven.
3: Yeah, it promises us, what's that called? Is it called a resurrection? Yeah. Yeah, so it promises us new life in Jesus, huh? That's, that's a lot that that water and those words do, huh? Yeah. Well, so our readings today that you guys read so well, Jesus and Isaiah were all talking about what? What was something that was in all the readings? Okay.
0: Love.
3: Love, yeah. Anything else? Weddings. So there was weddings. So what was going on at the wedding? I know you're looking at your reading. It's a good way to remember. Was there a feast? Yeah. What's a feast? It's
2: a it's a. Um, place where people gather
3: together and to... see Yeah, is it like a big party? Yeah. And so how is a feast like baptism? Oh, oh Riley.
1: It's a, it's, a feast of, it's a feast of faith. It's a feast of faith. I know Riley said that
3: to me yesterday in our small seeds Saturday, and I was like, oh, remember that for tomorrow, please. <laughs> yeah. It's a, of, it's a feast of faith, love, and hope.
2: Yeah, faith,
3: love, and hope. Yeah. And so when God invites us to God's feast, what's God going to give us? Ellie, do you want to say? Love the...
2: yeah, God loves
3: us. Yeah, God loves us. And God promises us that love and hope and mercy and that new life, like Emily was saying. I don't know where that she is. Yeah. That's a lot of stuff all at once, huh? And so when God invites us to this feast, is it... Is it okay to say, you know what, I would rather play a video game instead? Not really. No, not really, no. And so the people in the story that you and that Brady and Riley read today, what did they do when God invited them, when the king invited them to the feast? They refused to go. They refused to go, and they attacked the messengers, huh? That's not very nice, huh, Emily?
1: And they killed a
0: few of
3: them. Yeah, they killed a few of them. Oh, Isn't that so sad?
1: They grabbed I their servants, they beat them, and I killed them. They I know, isn't
3: that, that so sad? And so when we, you know, we probably don't do that kind of violence, but sometimes when we reject God, what happens for us? Do we feel good? No. 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 Sometimes it makes us feel really sad, huh? Because we miss out on what is it that we get at God's feast? Refuse. We refuse, but yeah, what do we get at God's feast? Love and hope. Love and hope. And faith. And faith, yeah, mm-hmm. Ellie.
0: God
2: loves us forever,
3: and we, and God does, and God never stops loving us. Exactly. Because even when we, even when we sort of mess up, and we, if we refuse to go to God's peace, if we do our own thing instead, does God still invite us anyway? Yeah. Does God ever stop loving us? No. No. Well, would you be okay? Would you guys pray with me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So repeat after me. Dear God. Dear God. Thank you, thank you, for always, always, for always, always inviting us, inviting us, to your party, to
1: your party,
3: to the love you give us, to the love you give, to us, to God God you give us, to the hope you give us, to the hope you give us, and to the mercy you give us, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. Good job, guys. You can go ahead and head back to your seats. Thank you so much for these small seed Sundays and today as we were preparing for Olivia's baptism, we did a lot of of looking at our texts and we used the children's Bible translation for these Sundays and even that still was a hard read to listen to those words of, of violence and darkness and it's odd when our gospel reading doesn't really feel quite like a gospel, does it? we often expect the Old Testament reading to be a little bit more difficult, right? We expect the Old Testament God to be the violent one, the angry one. And in our reading from Isaiah that Emily read for us, God does talk about destroying enemies. But there was definitely something different happening there today. And so then when we read our New Testament text, when we read the gospel, we wait for the good news, we look for hope. And then we get this text from Matthew, Many are invited, but few are chosen. That sounds like gospel, I guess. And so today, maybe we need the kind, loving, grace-filled God from the Old Testament to help us encounter this parable from Jesus. Because honestly, the parable of the wedding banquet is complicated and frustrating, First, the king invites his friends, these people who should want to attend the feast. And not only do his wannabe guests refuse the invitation, they attack the messengers. And then we see this moment of grace when Jesus tells us that the king tells his servants to invite everyone to the feast. And there's the gospel that we are so used to, this gospel of grace, of love for all. And then Jesus keeps talking. The king invites everyone to the feast. Everyone is welcome, except for this man who is there not in his wedding robe. He's not properly dressed. And when the king confronts him, the man doesn't respond. And so the king throws the man out into the darkness. That sounds like really great news for a baptism. (laughs)
0: Baptism.
3: Baptism. This parable is something that we are called to wrestle with, and once we start to really wrestle with the difficult parts of this gospel, maybe we can begin to understand what Jesus is trying to talk about here. When Jesus tells this story of a king who plans a great feast for his people, he also shares with us the very real rejection that Jesus experiences as well. The people reject the king, and they decide to focus on themselves, to go about their business, to focus on their work. And they have no interest in being interrupted from what they're doing. To the point that when the servants return to let them know that, hey, I know you said no earlier, but the feast is ready, it's here for you, the would be guests reject them to the fullest extent that they can. They really don't want to be in relationship. They want to do their own thing, and they will not be moved. And this is what Jesus was witnessing and experiencing in his own ministry. The chief priests, the Pharisees who he is currently preaching to, the people in the temple reject him and and his invitation into relationship. And this invitation isn't just an invitation to come hang out with some dude who's teaching about God and stuff. Jesus is both fully human and fully God, and so rejecting this invitation from Jesus meant rejecting an invitation from God an invitation to be in relationship with the God who created us, who calls us God's children. When Jesus talks about the violence the king in the story takes against the people who violently rejected him, he is talking about the cycle of brokenness that we sometimes choose over God. When the king sends his army, it's not a punishment, it's just a result of people choosing violence, choosing sin, choosing themselves over their relationship with their king. And we do this too. We reject God's invitation. We choose to continue in whatever cycles of brokenness or pain we find ourselves in. We choose to focus on ourselves, on our work, on only our own needs. And even when we choose these human cycles of hurt over God's invitation of love, God keeps sending invitations. And like the king, those invitations to God's kingdom go to everyone, good and bad. God sends God's servants out into the streets to welcome everyone inside. And then we get to the second difficult part of this wedding feast. First, we have the violence and darkness of the guests who rejected the invitation. And then we have the man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes, which to our ears might sound pretty petty. He came from the streets, what if he doesn't own a wedding robe? Why is the king so mad about what this man is wearing? But the point isn't that the man chose not to wear the right clothes. It's that by not wearing the wedding robe, he's failing to participate. He's failing to be part of the wedding event. How often do we fail to participate in the feast God invites us to? How often do we just do the bare minimum in our lives? Being a person of faith involves participation, participating in our community, in our world, and in the life of our faith and our church. And for us, maybe we don't have a particular outfit that we need to wear in order to participate. But I think that we can definitely clothe ourselves with the one thing that will give us the will to respond to the invitation God gives us. We can clothe ourselves with the one thing that gives us the energy and the strength to participate in God's kingdom on earth, we can clothe ourselves, as the Apostle Paul says, with Jesus. We should wrap ourselves in love, in the mercy, in the hope we are given in Jesus. To be dressed properly for God's invitation means to participate in his love, to share this mercy, to live into the hope that Jesus gives us in the promise of new life. And sometimes we aren't good guests at God's feast. Sometimes we reject the invitation altogether. We prefer to rely on ourselves, or we prefer our own interests and cycles of brokenness. Sometimes we aren't dressed right. Sometimes we find it difficult to put on mercy. Sometimes we struggle to find hope in our closets. Sometimes love just seems so worn out that we leave it in the dresser today. And when we fail to live up to God's standards, which I think many of us do, at least on occasion, this wedding feast in Matthew is a really hard story to hear. It's difficult to hear the good news of Jesus in this parable. And so when I look for the gospel, when I look for that good news, I find it in that kind, loving, grace-filled God of the Old Testament. I find it in Isaiah. Because it's true, when we reject God or refuse the gifts God gives, we experience the brokenness and the darkness around us, like the people in Jesus' story in Matthew. But that doesn't stop God. God keeps inviting us. Isaiah says God will give a feast for all people, a feast of abundant love, unending mercy, and complete hope. This is the feast we are promised in our baptisms, As we celebrate Olivia's baptism today, we celebrate God's promise of love, mercy, hope, and new life. Because as a Christian reading Isaiah, it's impossible not to see how God invites us to this abundant feast. And the way that God sends this invitation is through God's Son, Jesus. It's impossible not to see that it's Jesus who fulfills Isaiah's promise because these are the same promises we are given in our baptisms that this veil, this shadow that covers all nations, this brokenness, this death, will not have the last say. God brings us a feast of celebration through God's Son, Jesus, and Jesus goes to the cross to pull away the veil, to destroy death and darkness, and in Jesus' rising from the dead, in Jesus' resurrection, we are given the promise of God's feast of abundance. We are promised that God in Jesus has conquered death and that God will wipe the tear from every face. And as we celebrate Olivia's baptism today, as we remember our own baptisms and the promises that God has made to us, we can celebrate the feast our Lord has laid out for us, a feast of abundant love, of unending mercy, and of complete and total hope. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.